G'day guys, welcome back to another edition of the No Name Podcast. Uh, my name is Ross Katzenbarnas, uh, as you very well know, as you've been listening for a while now. Now today's the 26th of May, so here, here we are, we're nearly at June, it's a bit weird, huh? It's kind of crept up in a little way, but we're almost at the middle of the year. Um, for some, the year's gone pretty quick, for some, the year's gone pretty slow, so uh, I hope you won't. I hope you're somewhere somewhere in the, the middle there and um, it's going okay uh, at the moment but yeah it's all a bit of a, a weird situation that that we're living through and that we're living with um that's for sure so i can't uh, can't put it any other way so i'll kick us off um on this day uh so on the 26th of may 18, 1884 fred spofforth um fred spofforth uh, well spofforth um, as he is known, uh, English fast bowler. He took seven uh, for forty-three, thirty. Oh, sorry, seven thirty-four in one innings, and uh, then seven three in the next uh, uh, against England. So he was a he was an Australian fast bowler in the in the eighteen eighties. Was Fred Spofforth? Um, Where's he from? He was uh, uh, he was considered basically the, the best uh, fast bowler of the the eighteen hundreds. Uh, he played. Played for Victoria, uh, played for New South Wales as well, and he also played for Australia. So Fred Spoth, um, 18 test matches, an average of 18.41, five wickets in an inning seven times, 10 wickets in a match four times. Um, so he's a, let's put it this way, the guy's a pretty good bowler. Um, on this day in 1887, racetrack betting becomes legal in New York State. So um, what's that, 100 and... 133 years ago, so 133 years later, uh, we're still betting uh, fairly, fairly regularly. I think most people are on the on the uh, on the on either dogs or the trots or the on the actual horse, um, the thoroughbred horses as well. So fairly gambling. Um, on this day in 1896, um, uh, uh, interesting year, uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Index uh, begins with an average of 12 industrial stocks, um, closing at 40.49. Uh, so if you invested your money in the Dow Jones uh, in 1896, um, you will now have a lot of money because the Dow Jones actually closed yesterday at 24,465, which is pretty, pretty good. Um, I think the all-time high is circa sort of 29, 29 and a half, 29,200 to 300. That was February this year. So that was the, the record high for the Dow. It's now at 24,000. Um, but yeah, effectively, if you if you put your money in 1896 in the Dow on, on its first day, today you would have I'm um, just doing the, the maths quickly. Uh, yeah, so if you, you invested, uh, if you invested one dollar, you'd now have five hundred ninety-seven dollars. So, wow! Welcome to the uh, welcome to the world of compound compound interest. Uh, that'd be that'd be an absolutely awesome uh, investment to go back in time and, and take up and full for sure. Um, always been a big fan of index funds, actually the ones. Because you, you basically can't beat the market um, most of the time. I'm a, sort of a big fan of Warren Buffett. You can try and pick your own stocks, but most of the time, and, and that's fine. I do it myself, uh, but most of the time, yeah, you find the market always uh, always comes out on top. 
on this day in 1930, uh, big day in America because the Supreme Court ruled that buying liquor does not violate the U.S. Constitution. So I think everyone would have had a drink that day, that's for sure. Prohibition. Jeez, I don't... Um, how would I look at it? Uh, prohibition doesn't look like it's a very good thing at all um, in history. I don't. I just don't think it it ended well for anyone. So I'm pretty, pretty sure everyone's glad they can have a responsible convivial beverage or two. Um, these days, and I hope hope people have been doing that recently. Just having a nice, responsible, convivial beverage or two, nothing, nothing too over the top. On this day in nineteen sixty-three, the French Championships were held at Roland Garros, um, where Roy Emerson beat uh, beat uh, the Frenchman Pierre Damon uh, and then in the, in the females um, that day as well, Leslie Turner, another Australian lady, um, beat England's Anne Jones, 266375. So all I say is bring back the glory days of 1963 when the Aussies took home two Grand Slam singles titles each. That's, that's unbelievable on, on the same day as well. We have, you know, one a year or one every five or ten years now is, is pretty good for us, um, either be it male or female. Recently, we had Ash Barty win. So, um, yeah, you look at that and you think, oh, wow, that'd be, that'd be awesome to have. But you know, unfortunately, I think those days are, are well past uh, Australian tennis, unfortunately. Um, we're still competitive, but we're not uh, We're not the, the preeminent uh, so We're not the preeminent nation in the world. Uh, on this day, 1978, just going back to the gambling theme, the first legal gambling casino opens in Atlantic City. So Atlantic City is still a place where a lot of people from New York and New Jersey go to to gamble because that's that's where it's legal. So that's that's where they do it. Um, so so good on them. The European Cup finals because everyone's in the UEFA Champions League final because I know everyone likes these. Everyone likes talking about it. So on this day, 1982, the European Cup final was played between Bayern Munich. It was played in Rotterdam. Bayern Munich and Aston Villa. Now, should you not, Aston Villa were playing in a European Cup final. It was their first final. They actually won that game um, thanks to a goal, uh, a solitary goal by a winger called Peter With. Um, and Peter With was a uh, was a long-term player at Nottingham Forest uh, as well for a few years, and then at Newcastle United, and then ended up uh, ended up at Aston Villa uh, for a good portion of his career as well. He played a few, played eleven caps. Uh, 11 caps for England, uh, one, one, uh, one solitary win, uh, and he ended up being a manager later on in his career as well. But uh, Peter With, basically, or Peter Withy, um, he's got got an E at the end of his name. Uh, you look at this guy, and you think, what an, what an absolute champion! He scored a goal in the 67th minute, uh, the 67th minute of the European Cup final, it was known as at the time. Um, I mean, geez. Aston Villa, they, they looked like they had a pretty pretty weird game. Like their goalkeeper got injured in the ninth minute. Um, he, he, his shoulder kept popping out, and he just couldn't stop. So they literally brought on their reserve goalkeeper, and that was the only sub for the game, uh, which is interesting. So they were managed by a man called Tony Barton at the time. I don't know. I actually don't know anything about Tony Barton, so I've just searched him up. Uh, he was born in 1937. He unfortunately died in 1993 at the age of 56. So he played. The majority of his career with uh, Portsmouth. Uh, he also played at Nottingham Forest and, and Fulham as well. Um, and he, that was his first first season in charge of Aston Villa. He was the assistant manager for a couple of years before that. Uh, and then 
he was uh, he was the manager when when um, their their manager uh, Ron Saunders had resigned the year before after they'd won the uh, their first league title in seventy one years. So that, that's actually I reckon that's one of the one of the more unsung stories. Uh, and I, I've got to admit, like you know, you look at this in nineteen eighty one, they win the league title first time in seventy one years. Then the next year they win the champ. You know what's known as the European Cup now known as the Champions League. So they're champions of Europe. And then in nineteen eighty six, uh, nineteen eighty three, they finished sixth in the Premier League and tenth in nineteen eighty four. And he's he sacked, um, and that was it for him. Unfortunately, he unfortunately died of a of a heart attack. But uh, yeah, you look at look at a man like that, and you think, wow, that's that's just incredible. And and the uh, I mean the 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 Bayern Munich side had some pretty good players. Like none of the oh, you know I look at um, a few of the I actually don't really recognise any of the uh, any of the any of the players here for uh, for. Sorry for for uh, Aston Villa, but I do do recognise a lot of um, some of the some of the uh, some of the players from from Bayern Munich. Um, uh, Karl Heinz Rummenigge, um, yeah, they, these sort of players they're not really my my idea of players, but it looks like they had a stronger side, but they just couldn't couldn't get it done. And good on good on Aston Villa. I mean, the guy that came on the goalkeeper, Nigel Spink, he was the he was the goalkeeper of Aston Villa, and literally from 1977 till 1996, so uh, nearly 20 years at a club. That's a long, long time, uh, especially for a player like that. So, look, you know, good, good on him. He played one cap for England, and, and you know what? You can never take that away from him. He's a European champion. So all these players. Um, so good on Aston Villa. They're, they're European champions. You know, Manchester City. Look at all the money they've got. They're not European champions, uh, and and they. I doubt they will be this year as well. So, yeah. Now we go on to the 1993 UEFA Champions League final, which is actually the first Champions League final uh, after uh, after after the group stage is being held and um, they've changed the name of the tournament. So it's actually held at the Olympic Stadium in Munich. 64,000 uh, rock out uh, rock up there to, to watch the stadium um, and to the game and and the. This, um, the sweeper, actually, from Marseille is the only scorer in the game, a guy called uh, Basil Bolli, uh, who scores. And unfortunately, uh, an AC Milan side, which is chock full of talent, absolutely chock full of talent um, on, on every line, don't don't uh, don't manage to win. So Rijkaard, Van Basten for Milan, uh, Baresi, Maldini, Costa Kirka, Albertini, um, Donadoni... Uh, even on the bench, they had a guy that came off the bench called Jean-Pierre Papin, who was a Marseille player. That's where he made his name. Uh, even the Marseille side, you look at them, Marcel Desailly, who actually that that summer ended up at at AC Milan. Fabian Barthez, um, the guy you know as Baldi. Uh, Alan Boskic, the Croatian. Rudy Foller, uh, Didier Deschamps. So they... Give a full credit to Marseille, they had a pretty good side, but I don't think they're probably in the, the ilk of Milan. Um, but they managed to just get them on the night, and they're the first ever Champions League champions. So, well done to them. And as I said, champions of Europe they were. Now, on this day, 1999 as well, Man United um, become European champions for a second time. Uh, they win the Champions League, probably, I reckon, until Liverpool had... Uh, it was at the Camp Nou, 90,000 in there... Uh, very 90 style, Pierre Luigi Colina is the referee, the 
bald Italian referee, very distinctive. Uh, I'd probably say this is probably the best comeback other than until uh, until Liverpool 2005, uh, which was 15 years ago yesterday. Uh, this is probably the best, uh, how would I put it, probably the best comeback in a Champions League final. Again, very, very interesting looking at the sides, right? Um, Bayern Munich, they've got 10 of their 11 players in their starting lineup are... Uh, are German still, which is quite interesting because it wouldn't be like that now. Um, guy sort of headlined by Lothar Matthias, Oliver Kahn, Marcus Babel, uh, Stefan Effenberg, Karsten Janka, uh, and then they've got guys like Hassan Salihamidzic on the bench. Otmar Hitzfeld is their their manager. Sir Alex Ferguson is the manager of Man United. Um, he brings on two subs. Teddy Sheringham and Oligul Donna Solskjaer, who score uh, both in, in extra time. No, sorry, in added time uh, at the end of the 90 minutes. Um, you have a look at the side pair. Schmeichel, Gary Neville, Ronnie Johnson, Yap Stand, Dennis Irwin, Ryan Giggs, Nicky Butt, David Beckham, Dwight York, Andy Cole, Jesper Blomqvist, uh, Phil Neville's on the bench, Wes Brown's on the bench. Uh, so it's, it's, it's actually a pretty good squad. Um, you could put it that way. But yeah, look at the game. Man, you know, I'd probably have... Uh, majority of the play, so 53% possession of 47, uh, 15 shots each, 9 nine shots on target by Man United, 7 by Bayern, so it's, it's a relatively even game, um, but Man United probably just get there in the end, and they won they won the uh, the Champions League, so um, that was their second title, and good on them. Uh, no, uh, 2018 Champions League final as well was held on this day, uh, Liverpool played Real Madrid in this game. It's probably one of those games where Liverpool would never... I don't know, it just felt as though Salah went off early. Mohamed Salah um, ruptured his shoulder, unfortunately. I just think it was one of those games Liverpool were never really meant to win. Loris Carries had a couple of absolute error, uh, ghastly errors um, in that game, which were just weren't great. He hasn't played since. Gareth Bale scored a goal that was out of, the, out of this world. Um, he scored two, actually, in the end, but his first was incredible. Um, Karen Benzema, as well, scored. Mane scored for Liverpool. So it was an interesting interesting, uh, interesting game. But, yeah, that's uh, that, that was the 2018 Champions League final. So I think that was, yeah, that was actually the third in a row that Real Madrid won. So um, well done to Real Madrid. Now, I just wanted to go on... Uh, not on this date. Um, I've been saying some stuff lately. It came out. I saw this thing on Twitter um, today that talked about uh, how do you like your Milo, hot or cold? Now, I'm a big cold man. I'd be shocked to find that there's anyone over about the age of four who's been given Milo by their grandparents, most likely, that actually prefers it to be hot or has it hot. Um, I reckon it's one of the, one of the nice... Uh, one of the nice, uh, nice, nice drinks, that's for sure. You just have it. Goes down a treat, fills you up, um, gives you a bit of energy as well. So, always didn't mind a bit of Milo as a kid. It's been a while since I had it, but uh, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't mind a bit of that. Now, another story that I loved, I saw this before. Chris Ancy sort of puts up these things about uh, about Michael Jordan and what it was like being on the Chicago Bulls after Jordan left and how there was basically no one there and uh, no one gave a shit. Um, there was this guy, Corey Benjamin, who was a... It was basically a, a bench player that thought he should be getting minutes. And he basically said, you know, I can take it on with the best of them. I can even do it against Jordan. And uh, this after Jordan's retired, he literally came to practice the next day in um, in tracksuits and literally tore this guy to shreds in absolutely 
smashed him in every possible way. Um, and he's talking smack to him and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I think I think that's what I love. That that's the kind of stuff I love about Michael Jordan. The fact that he just trash talk anyone. He really didn't did not give one uh, single shit about anything or anyone. Um, what they thought. He just wanted to be the best, and uh, he wanted to. <laughs> he basically wanted to, to get there. So. Uh, good, good on, uh, good on, good on Michael Jordan. Uh, calling out the trash that's being talked and uh, teaching, uh, teaching the young ones a bit of a lesson there. That's for sure. So, why don't you, MJ? Um, yeah. So that's another thing I saw today. I saw something on Twitter saying um, I saw the great Adam Watt of uh, Radio Sports uh, Network RSN nine two seven fame uh, in the mornings. He posted something about the uh the unfortunate thing that he'd seen where places were charging 10 bucks for these like little in a jar like funky milkshake type things that you know kind of weren't that weren't that great um what i say to them is and and he was saying that you know milkshakes should come in a nice big tin at least 700 mils um have some a decent serving of the actual powder in there or the the syrup, uh, a good decent serving of ice cream as well, and, and blend together very well. I think that's uh, that's what everyone wants, and that's what everyone, what everyone needs. So I used to work in a cafe. I always used to make sure I used to put down two really really big um, strong pushes of of the actual actual um, syrup itself. If I didn't quite think I'd got enough. Uh, for the person, and I think they were paying six bucks at the time for a milkshake. Yeah, six bucks, and always in a tin. Always make sure I fill it up just that little bit extra. Make sure it had a good consistency of milk, so that when you had it, it didn't just take like milk with five percent, you know, chocolate in it, or the other way around when it was all chocolate. Just somewhere nice and in, in the middle there. You know, you don't have to charge them too much either. It's not a bit of ice cream, a bit of milk. Um, and some syrup it's not it's not worth 10 bucks um so all these hipster places doing it stop just just stop people do not want that uh it's not on uh it's just simply not on uh just nothing shits me more uh nothing like literally nothing shits me more than than seeing these guys do it it just why do people charge all this money for for basic foods and services that don't need to be that don't need to cost an arm and a leg. Uh, it really annoys me. I don't like seeing it, and I hate to say to people, "Well, you know, turn your back away from these businesses," but they're basically turning turning customers away um, because what they're doing is they're they're not um, they're not doing the right thing. Uh, they're not, they're not giving you the value you deserve, especially in times like this. You know, people out there doing it tough, right? And I know small businesses are doing it tough, little cafes, but there's no no need for it. Uh, that's for sure. Also, just just on food news, the other day I had a um had a sublaki from Calimetta, which is a nice little place in Oakley here in Melbourne. Uh, they probably made the best soup going around, I reckon. Uh, absolutely delicious there. Absolutely love the pork soup. So I had one of them. Got me thinking. Oh, boy, stop! I miss it. I miss it having a chicken parma. Um, I really miss having a chicken parma. Uh, in in, in a pub, um, and hopefully next week uh, when things get back to normal soonish, um, I can I can be able to do that. So I'll be uh, I'll be I'll be pretty happy about that. Uh, that's for sure. So uh, yeah, I can't can't be can't be uh, can't be more ready 
meant to have a palm, that's for sure. I don't really want to have one at home. I just don't reckon they're the same. But you've got to go to the pub, have one with your mates, and that's what it's all about. So I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, that's for sure. So I'll um I'll I'll, I'll enjoy that. Uh, and I hope there's something you guys are looking forward to once things open up a bit more here. I'm sure it might be a might be a meal somewhere. It might be going to the clothes shop or whatever, or doing a bit of shopping, whatever you're doing. So. Yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be, I'll be, uh, I'll be enjoying that um, as it is. So yeah, um, I can't, can't wait for that, and uh, we'll see how we go. So look, I hope everyone has a good night, and I'll be back shortly. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoy yourselves and keep staying safe out there.